You hear all the bull about diet and exercise. Carbs are evil. Do more cardio. Never eat bread or cookies again. Just do a juice cleanse. We get it. We fell for all of the BS too. It's time to go right to the source with the truth about how to live a healthy, sustainable lifestyle. I am Liz. And I'm Becca. We are your nutrition educators and this is The Food Code. Welcome back to The Food Code. Today we have another supplement podcast topic around vitamin D. We did magnesium and this one is actually timely because of what is going on in the world. Obviously we want to talk about supplements that a lot of people ask about, a lot of our clients ask about, that people get recommended a lot of times from their doctors. Um, But more particularly, you know, this is very pertinent information given COVID's going on right now. And we actually just saw a new vaccine study that came out Um, that was pretty incredible. So kind of here's the study. Researchers randomly assigned 76 people with moderate to severe COVID um, into this vaccine group, 50 patients, and then no vaccine, 26 patients. So the day they entered the hospital, the no vaccine group, 13 out of 26 of the patients, so 15% were admitted to intensive care and two in the end ultimately died. In the vaccine group, only one person out of 50 people, so just 2%, required ICU admission, and not one person died. That means that the vaccine led to a mind-blowing 93% reduction in the odds of ICU admission, which is pretty amazing. And yes, it was a slightly smaller study. It was only 76 people, but still. The best part about this study, it was not actually a vaccine that was given. It was high doses of vitamin D. It's amazing. And I've actually, I mean, so outside of this study, I've heard other um, podcasts and doctors talking about vitamin D for COVID specifically. So Joe Rogan has one with a doctor and she was talking about the importance of vitamin D and how much it helped many people that were being treated for COVID. So I think, you know, this is one of the main reasons we wanted to bring this podcast to you today, because obviously we know we're kind of hitting flu season and the peak of COVID season. Um, and vitamin D in general is very important. I think many people misunderstand it, or they always just think like, Oh, I got sunshine shine today, or, you know, I live in a sunny place, so I'm good with vitamin D. But the reality is, especially if you live in the Midwest, you should be getting your vitamin D vitamin D checked pretty frequently. Um, I get mine checked about every six months just because I tend to personally run a little bit low. Um, I'm usually like in the thirties and, you know, we're going to talk about the optimal range here, but I ideally want to be closer to 50 to 60 for myself. So, yeah. So, First, we want to kind of talk about like why vitamin D is important um, and how it kind of functions within the body. So vitamin D can be obtained from sun, obviously, foods, less likely, and supplements. And it's biologically inert and must undergo basically two hydroxylations within the body for activation. So it has to be activated within the body. So the first hydroxylation, which occurs in the liver, converts vitamin D to 25-hydroxyvitamin D, also known as calcidiol. The second hydroxylation occurs primarily in the kidney. So a lot of this happens within the liver and the kidney. So in turn, we need healthy livers and kidneys that are detoxing the body and that are able to transmit these, you know, inactive forms to active forms of these vitamin D. So the other part is in the kidney and forms the physiologically active form 25 dihydroxy vitamin D also known as calcitriol. Really proud of myself that I was able to pronounce those. Um, <laughs> There, you know, thank God for acronyms. Let's just say that. Um, (laughs) 
<laughs> yes. Um, but vitamin D is also, you know, important for calcium absorption in the gut and maintains adequate blood calcium and phosphate concentrations to allow for normal bone mineralization and to prevent involuntary contraction of the muscles leading to leg cramps and spasms. Okay. So we talked about this in our magnesium podcast, like that is a cohort to many other you know, functions in the body. So vitamin D and calcium, it's needed for bone growth and bone remodeling. So when we look at this without sufficient vitamin D bones become thin, brittle, or, you know, misshapen, right? So vitamin D sufficiency prevents rickets in children and um, osteomalacia in adults together with calcium. Vitamin D also protects older adults from osteoporosis. So really, really important, especially as we age. Yep. And it also has a couple other roles in the body. Um, it reduces inflammation as well as the modulation of such processes like cell growth, neuromuscular and immune function, glucose metabolism. A lot of people don't think about the fact that like we need vitamin D and tons of other vitamins and nutrients in order to metabolize our food. You need minerals and nutrients to run the food through essentially like our metabolic factory that happens within the body, vitamin D being a main one of these. And there's a lot of problems that start to happen when we become deficient in vitamin D and other vitamins and minerals. And sadly, a large part of the population is deficient. Yeah. Well, nearly 80%, right. And we've seen this just from different research studies that we've shown and, you know, listen to multiple doctors talk about vitamin D on, on different podcasts. And also it's linked to depression, right? Because vitamin D is important for the synthesis of serotonin from its raw materials. So certain amino acids into an active form. So it can actually boost serotonin, um, at the stops when it's, you know, able to be a transporter and help with the synthesis of serotonin. And I just want to, you know, really quickly say, as, as we're kind of moving through this, one of the big things that we see with a lot of clients is they also misunderstand that vitamin D is fat soluble. So we need to be consuming good, healthy fats when we're consuming vitamin D. So I typically take mine around a meal that I'm going to have, you know, a decent amount of fat, but there are also other ways that you can get vitamin D, like in an olive oil form. Um, you could just order it that way. I personally take a dropper and I usually take it, you know, before my breakfast in which I usually have some sort of, you know, healthy fat. So I think that's a, something just to call out here, kind of, as we're moving through some of the deficiency problems and symptoms is that can you know, be kind of a root cause is that we're not absorbing what we are taking. Yeah. And there's only a few foods that actually have, so there's different types of vitamin D and we're going to talk about that in a little bit, but there's only certain foods that provide vitamin D3, which is like the active form, um, fatty wild fish. So like mackerel herring, you can get it from cod liver oil, which is fucking disgusting. I've had it before. I, there's nothing, I don't care what benefits this thing provides. It is so disgusting. I couldn't do it. I bought it and I took it like three days and I was like, no, nah, I don't care. I'll be unhealthy. This is so gross. But you actually have to eat a lot of these things to be able to get enough vitamin D from food sources. So people cannot do it. And not, I don't know many people that are like regularly sitting down and eating mackerel. And there's some other things that can result from vitamin D deficiency. This is actually a fun fact that I learned while doing a little bit of research around this podcast is a lack of vitamin D actually equals softer bones. So like holistic doctors or um, functional doctors test certain things physically on people to see certain nutrient deficiencies. And you can test this. Like if you press on your shin bone and it's really painful, it's actually a sign of 
you know, vitamin D deficiency, because like I said, it creates softer bones. Your bones are not as hard. They do not withstand as much. So kind of something crazy you can do on your own just to test. I'm not saying like test this and then go take thousands and thousands of, you know, vitamin IU, vitamin D a day. Um, but just some fun, interesting facts. Yeah. You know, what's funny is I had a holistic doctor. She had like a hand scanner that she was able to kind of plug in and tell the computer, I'm going to give her 5,000 IUs of vitamin D a day. What's that going to bring her blood levels to? And she kept, you know, increasing, increasing, increasing. And my blood levels still weren't rising for whatever this technology was that she had. As soon as she added vitamin K2 into the vitamin D, I was absorbing, you know, much better. Um, so I didn't need as much of the vitamin D3 once I had the K2 with it. So it is interesting at holistic doctors, some of the things, I don't know, you know, how accurate some of those things are. Um, but I, that's another reason why I am really, um, set on taking vitamin K2 with my D3, just because I know that I'm not going to you know, be absorbing it um, as well if I don't. So let's move on here to a couple other reasons or symptoms um, that we see with vitamin D deficiency. So one of the main things that can actually deplete vitamin D is the use of over-the-counter drugs. So let's think like you have a, a common cold and you're using like NyQuil or you have a headache and using you know, ibuprofen, things like that all of those can deplete all kinds of nutrients, you know, in our body. Um, the other thing here is that there's reduced brain oxytocin, which is linked to anxiety. So that's another sign of deficiency. We've already hit depression. Now we've got anxiety. Yep. And this is a cool one. And this is something else that I actually learned. I love doing research and I know Liz and feels the same way. Like we really love learning about this stuff. Um, so increased aging is related to vitamin D issues. So the reason being, and I've, I've read about this before, but every time you read it, you like learn something new. Um, so there's something called telomeres and telomeres are essentially like repetitive nucleotides and they basically pretend the, protect the end of our chromosomes. So they kind of, you think about it, like they kind of act like plastic tips on the end of shoelaces to keep the shoelaces from fraying. Same thing with telomeres. They basically keep the DNA and the chromosomes from fraying and becoming damaged and they get shorter each time a cell essentially copies itself, but the important DNA, then they, you know, help to stay intact. So eventually telomeres become too short to do their job, which causes our cells to age and stop functioning properly. So they basically act as kind of like a buffer um, to all the bad stuff out there, all the toxins we encounter, all the deficiencies that we deal with, the alcohol we consume, the smoking we do, like those are the things that the telomeres take the brunt of the work for. Um, and eventually they can only buffer so much and they become too short to protect people. And that's when you see rapid signs of aging or early signs of aging in people. Yeah. Super, super interesting, especially as you like dive down to the cellular level, like how much gets impacted. Right. So another problem here when we are deficient in, you know, vitamin D is that we also have inadequate magnesium. So the enzymes that convert the vitamin D that our skin creates into the active form of vitamin D. So like from the sunshine, right. They're all magnesium dependent. So like things here that can cause us to lose magnesium are high stress. Hello, 2020. Um, you drink a lot of coffee. I drink lots of coffee. <laughs> um, you have, you enjoy alcohol or you have sugar or like, let's say like, un, like processed foods here. Right. And you're not eating a one ingredient, very like clean, um, nutrient intake with a wide variety of, you know, micronutrients from fruits and vegetables and, you know, getting enough fiber. So this is also kind of going back to our magnesium podcast, why it's really, really important that you have enough of both here. So your vitamin D and your magnesium so that it can convert that into the active form. Mm -hmm. And then something else, another research study showed 
60% higher chance of having preterm labor. If your vitamin D level is lower than 45, I'm almost always lower than that. I know so many women that test low with vitamin D. It's a lot of the reason that we feel like exhausted and we aren't sleeping well, like these are all nutrient deficiency related usually. Um, and that brings us to our next question, you know, like, okay, well, how much do I need? And can you take too much? So according to the research in terms of mortality rate, and this is basically shown over and over again, there is like a sweet spot for vitamin D. It's between 40 to 60 nanograms per milliliter. And that means, you know, lower is linked to higher death rates, higher disease rates, and higher can essentially be related to like toxicity levels or other harmful side effects. So, you know, how do we end up in that sweet spot essentially is what we want to know. Yeah. So first and foremost, I think we have to get our blood tests done, right? So this is where I try to get mine every six months. And that way you can see if you're deficient. Um, if you are deficient, then you start supplementing research shows. It takes about 1000 units. So 1000 I use to raise blood levels, 10 nanograms per milliliter. So what I would recommend is if you are deficient and you say that you're like 35, for example, and you want to get up to that range between 40 and 60, you start supplementing and then you go back and you get it tested again to see, you know, how much are you actually absorbing and is your blood level rising with, you know, the vitamin D so that you are no longer deficient. Yep. So there's some other things that can obviously impact how much you take where you live, you know, the Northern hemisphere does not fare well. Um, like the Midwest needs it in the wintertime. I usually up mine in the wintertime. Um, just because I know that I'm not getting as much sun as I am in the summertime. And actually, you know, it's crazy that you cannot overdose from the sun. Um, they've seen like, they've done research on lifeguards and stuff that lifeguards have like in the hundreds of vitamin D in their blood. Um, but you're, we'll talk about that in a second. Your body basically gets rid of it from the sun, but you can't over supplement with it. So that matters is where you live older people. So when you age, you increase adiposity, you decrease cutaneous synthesis of vitamin D. And you have, a lot of older people just like don't spend as much time outdoors, especially now that it's COVID um, and overweight people. So people that are obese or overweight, vitamin D is fat soluble. So unfortunately, if we're taking it and we have a lot of fat cells, it can essentially get sequestered by fat tissue. So it never actually gets to where it needs to go to become the active form. And so sometimes people, well, all the time, people that are overweight or, you know, obese need to take higher levels for the body to actually be able to absorb it and use it. Yeah. Another thing that can impact it here is your DNA makeup, right? So certain chromosomes make it really hard for some people to absorb vitamin D and convert it, meaning that they may need to take more just than the normal person. So I guess you could classify me as one of those people, because I was like, she had it up to 7,000 I use a day and nothing was moving until we added, you know, the K2 in. So, um, just hypothesizing that I'm not really sure. She didn't tell me I had any weird chromosomes. <laughs> um, but another thing here is that people who have trouble absorbing dietary fat, such as those with Crohn's disease or celiac disease, even if you don't have a gallbladder, right. We can't get enough vitamin D from the diet, no matter how much we eat. Um, because vitamin D, as I mentioned before, requires some dietary fat in the gut for absorption. So your fat soluble vitamins are vitamin A, D, E, and K. Um, and people with liver and kidney disease are often deficient in vitamin D because these organs are required to make the active form of the vitamin, whether it comes from the sun or from the food. Yep. So many doctors um, and research recommends around 2000 international units per day or IU per day to begin. If you're noticing symptoms of deficiency, like li neither Liz or I are obviously 
medical doctors. Um, you need to speak with your physician about this. You need to get levels tested. It's a very cheap and affordable thing to get tested. Um, and we can talk a little bit too, as well as like, you know, what type should you take? We can definitely recommend that. Um, and like I said, can you take too much? So you cannot overdose on vitamin D from the sun. Um, our body gets what it needs and it breaks down the rest, but vitamin D from supplements, you can overdose on. And, you know, Liz and I have done a, a good amount of research in circadian rhythm and the impact of vitamin D from the sun. It is a much better form of vitamin D. It is more readily available for our body. Our body utilizes it a lot better than it does with supplemental form. We understand that it's not always possible for everyone. Um, but Vitamin D is extremely important to get from the sun. If you can, that is the optimal way to get it. Um, but if you can't, you know, there's, that's what supplements are for. <laughs> Plus the sun just makes you feel good. You know, like I went for a 30 minute walk earlier today. Yes. It's cold here. It's 39 degrees today. I put yep. on my coat. I got outside for 40 minutes and did a walk. Um, and I just always feel better because that sun brightens, you know, everything and you just feel good after you get your body moving. So even if it's cold outside in the Midwest, but if the sun is out, take advantage of it, get out there. So, um, okay. So with vitamin D supplementation, right, we want to be cautious here of not overdoing it because it can be dangerous, um, as it does increase the calcium absorption, which can cause calcification. So hardened calcium deposits can interrupt vital processes in the brain and the heart. Um, as those calcifications in your blood vessels can lead to coronary heart disease. So again, this is why it's extremely important. Like Becca and I, I have said a few times throughout the podcast today, number one, you need to get your blood levels tested. And number two, you need to talk with your physician about supplementing. Now, I think, you know, many of you out there may say, well, my doctor told me I should be taking, you know, 50,000 IUs. We personally are much more of a proponent of taking it daily rather than like one mega dose, because you're really not going to be absorbing and keeping that, like all of that, right? Like your body can't absorb 50,000 IUs in one large dose. So that's why we like to just spread it across, um, and take it daily. And, and as I mentioned, vitamin D with K2, because that can help prevent toxicity, um, of vitamin D levels. Yeah. And it also helps with the absorption of it. And so a lot of doctors also recommend vitamin D2 for whatever reason. I'm not really sure why, but it's not actually the active form of vitamin D. Um, it's a plant-based form of vitamin D. So, you know, for vegans out there, um, you probably just need to uh, figure out a way to get slightly higher doses of that. Um, I, I mean, I, I can look into, I didn't really do a ton of research on that, but vitamin D3 is what you want. So this is the animal-based form. And the reason that we want that is, is because it's the bioidentical form to what we create with our skin with vitamin D through the sun. Um, so essentially at the end of the day, like Liz said, like I've said, you have to get your blood tested. You have to get it regularly tested because when you are supplementing with this, you need to see if the supplementing is helping. You need to see if the supplementing is something you need to increase um, and how much you want to increase by. And obviously getting you know a trustworthy source of vitamin D. Liz uses the dropper, um, the oral version, which a lot of you know studies and research show do show that like oral versions of vitamins are a little bit more um, well digested and digested and absorbed than pill forms. It's kind of just whatever you choose to go with. Um, but at the end of the day, it's a very important vitamin as we obviously have shown uh, with all of the things that it impacts as are all of the vitamins that we take. Um, we wanna you know, continue doing these series on the top ones that we really like to you know, look into and find a lot of issues in terms of like energy levels and weight loss and how someone feels are correlated with. So we're gonna continue doing these around different supplements and different nutrients. Um, but we wanted to start with a couple of the big, big heavy hitters first when for sure magnesium, um, 
and vitamin D being this one. So that's all we got, or that's all I got um, in terms of, you know, how, what vitamin, what vitamin D does, what it gets impacted when we're deficient in it, you know, can you overdose on it? How much should we be taking? We always got to check, you know, if you don't know, check the blood work. Yeah. Yeah. So I think lastly, we'll just give you some of our top um, brands that we really like for vitamin D um, with K. Um, I actually take the thorn dropper. So as Becca mentioned, that's just more of like a liposomal. I know you were taking Zao Z-H-O-U for a while. Yep. And I just got top notches. Um, So I'm doing 5,000 I use every other day right now. Okay. That's what I've been on. Yep. Oh. And I might up it, you know, I might up it now that we're in the Midwest and it's winter time. Um, but right now I'm doing about 5,000. I use it every other day. Yeah. Yeah. I'm anywhere between four and six depends upon how many times I forget <laughs> to take it. Um, but there is one other one that I just wanted to bring to light and this one is more expensive, but it is a fantastic brand designs for health. So they have a vitamin D Supreme with K one and K two. Um, so there has been research on both of the K vitamins to support uh, vitamin D three. That one is just a lot more expensive. So I would say if you're somebody who's super, super deficient, maybe you want to go with that one for a little while till you get to a good place. And then, you know, go on to like a maintenance intake with the thorn or top notch, um, or even now, now has a vitamin D and K2 blend as well. So with that, we will drop those links in the show notes and we will be back on Friday for, you know, what day it is Friday fire. (laughs) Thank you for spending your time with us. We are honored to be able to help educate you and improve your life. If you've enjoyed this, please take a screenshot share it on Instagram and tag us at lsn.coach and leave us a five-star reading and review on iTunes as this helps us grow and reach others. So if you have any questions, feel free to shoot us a DM or an email and we will talk to you soon. Have a great day.